The reading is taken from John chapter 14, verses 15 to 31. And Jesus is talking to his close companions, saying, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives within you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the Prince of the world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now. Let us leave. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would speak tonight. And I pray that you would help us to understand more about you tonight. Amen. Imagine if you knew you only had a few hours left with your closest friends. What would you want to say to them? if you knew that in a few short hours you'd be arrested in front of the people who cared about you the most. And that is the situation that Jesus finds himself in as he starts this conversation we just heard. This passage in John comes just after the Last Supper, the night before Jesus was arrested. And it's the start of what has become, what has become to be known as the farewell discourse. And that is a conversation that is happening between Jesus and his disciples where Jesus knows his death is imminent 
and he knows he only has a few hours left to talk to his dearest friends. What would you want to say if you knew the pain that your closest companions would be feeling so shortly? Would you try and warn them? Would you try and reminisce all the good times that you've had together over the years? Maybe you think you'd try and tell them exactly what's going to happen and how, so that when it does happen, it doesn't shock them as much. But whatever we think that we would say, this is what Jesus chooses to say. He chooses to remind his disciples that he will send the Holy Spirit. And he will send this Holy Spirit into our broken world, and the Holy Spirit will be with us forever and will help us. Jesus chooses to promise his friends a gift of the Holy Spirit. In verse 16, Jesus tells us that he will send an advocate, and different translations have some different words here. Um, So some say advocate, some say helper, some say counsellor. But the key thing that remains is that Jesus is sending the Spirit to be with us forever. And I think we have a slightly distorted view of what forever looks like, because in our human nature, we can't fully comprehend eternity. Um, We can't wrap our heads around what that actually means because we're constantly reminded and told that forever is unachievable, because no matter what happens, we're all going to die eventually. So what is this forever? Um, And the idea that there's eternity waiting for us is definitely something we believe in as Christians, but it's something that we find really hard to fully grasp and understand. But when Jesus promises that the spirit of truth will be with us forever, he doesn't just mean kind of for a long time until we get bored. He actually means forever, for eternity. There are so many people tonight who are getting baptized and confirmed, which is so exciting. They are saying yes to God and yes to this spirit of truth that is promised. And these guys are promising to walk with Jesus forever. And it is such a joy and privilege to be able to share in that journey with you tonight. And if you call yourself a Christian for the first time tonight, or if you have been a Christian for a while, either way, this spirit of truth is with you, is a gift for you, and will be with you forever. And this is a promise that Jesus has made. This is a promise from God to do something good for us. There was a time in the Bible, in the Old Testament, um, when the world was full of sin, and God sent a flood to eradicate mankind. And one man, Noah and his family, um, were on an ark full of the animals. I'm sure you may know the story. Yeah, and they escaped, and the conclusion of that story was also a promise from God, a different promise all those years ago, never to flood the earth again. And that was a promise that was sealed with a rainbow. That was a promise not to do something, not to flood the earth again. And now, here in this story, we have Jesus, who is God incarnate, God himself on earth, dying in our place to wipe away our sin. Where the flood wipes away every sinful person, Jesus wipes away the sin and leaves the person clean, leaves the person sinless, and he leaves them able to have a relationship with God. Isn't that amazing? There are so many people being baptized tonight who will go into the water and then will rise again out of the water. Just think of that image as that's happening, that that image of being into the water and coming up clean in the victory that Jesus has won. Yeah, isn't that a beautiful, beautiful image? So the flood is replaced 
with Jesus. And then there is this promise that comes. The promise never to flood the earth again is replaced with the promise that Jesus will flood our hearts with the Holy Spirit. What a gorgeous, gorgeous parallel. Jesus promises his people this Holy Spirit. And one thing that Jesus calls the Spirit is the counselor, the spirit of truth. And sometimes, I don't know about you, I think it's amazing that Jesus said all these things so long ago when they are so relevant for today. It almost feels like he's speaking exactly into our world situation right now. Um, Because I don't know if you've noticed, but we live in a world where lies are just given the space to breed and grow and multiply. They're given the space to become something much bigger than they are. Where We live in a world where the way to become successful is just to get really good at lying um, and getting away with it. I studied psychology at university, and we would look at articles where people are just explaining how to get away with lying. Um, But we believe in a spirit of truth. In Ephesians, it talks about the armor of God and the belt of truth. And belts hold things up, they hold things together. So while lies are tearing things down in the world, the spirit of truth is holding them together. And it's doing that through us. The spirit of truth is working through us. It isn't just that Jesus brought truth into the world and then without him, we're all in chaos. Jesus brought the truth and then gave us the advocate who is truth so that we can bring truth on earth too. So then why are we not in an ideal world now? Why are we still in a world of pain and lies? There are thousands of Christians around the world who have this spirit of truth that has been gifted. So why are we still living in this world of lies and deceit? Well, we don't have to take a random guess at this. Jesus tells us. In verse 17, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. And this comes after he promises the spirit, but also after verse 15, which says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And then Jesus goes on to give the spirit. So those who love Jesus receive this gift of the spirit. And he knows those that love him because they are the ones who keep his commands. And those that don't love Jesus can't accept it because they can't see him. And we live in a world that doesn't know Jesus. I was talking earlier about a world of lies, and you don't have to look far to see examples of that. You don't have to look far in the news to see story upon story of how members of our government were lying about their actions and certain parties that were had over lockdown last year. And the consequences of the lies that we live in our world is just a world that doesn't have much trust in each other, in the people we're meant to trust, in our governments. And so it is into this world that Jesus gives his spirit of truth. Of course we can't recognize the spirit. This is the truth of God, the perfect truth. In order to recognize and know the spirit, we have to walk with the Father and Son. So Jesus has sent his spirit into our world. Why? When Jesus is telling his disciples about this gift, he knows that he is going to die, which will give them the path to be right with God again. That is going to happen. And for us now, sitting here, this has happened. So then if it's not a question of our salvation, why send the spirit at all? 
It's out of God's goodness, it's out of God's love for us that the Spirit is sent. The Spirit is there to help us, to help us pray, to help us in being his people on earth, to help us bring light to others, to help us achieve what Jesus wants us to do. When we feel tired of church and tired of praying and tired of reading the Bible and it all just feels a bit much, the Spirit is there to help us. When we don't really want to love our neighbor because that neighbor is kind of annoying and why would Jesus ask me to love that person? The Spirit can help us be loving. And when we find it hard to trust that God is in control, we can lean on the Spirit to help. The Spirit helps us grow in character and work, in faith and truth. When the world tells you it's being truthful, it comes with an air of suspicion and a need to provide clear evidence. But when the Spirit offers truth, the Spirit is asking for trust in the truth, and sometimes that's without evidence. When the world offers peace, it means peaceful circumstances. But when Jesus offers to give us peace, he means peace despite our circumstances. When the world offers peace, it means peaceful circumstances. But when Jesus offers to give us peace, he means peace despite our circumstances. He tells us, peace I give you, my peace I leave with you. I do not give as the world gives. Jesus walked a perfect life. He demonstrated to us how a perfect person lives. And then he tells us, my peace I leave with you. So how did Jesus demonstrate peace? Well, he celebrated weddings with family. He grieved and cried over the death of a friend. He ate meals with his community. He got righteously angry at people misusing the temple. And he felt anguish so much to the point that his sweat was like drops of blood. Jesus lived a life showing the full range of human emotion. And so when he leaves his peace with us, he's not saying that everything in our life will just be easy breezy now. That's not what he's saying. The peace that he talks about is the peace that he won on the cross the peace of God, the peace of knowing that there is victory in the end. The peace of the Spirit is a peace despite circumstances. We can feel angry, sad, anxious, in anguish, all while walking with the Spirit of peace. And that doesn't mean that we have weak faith, and it doesn't mean that God isn't with us through that. It means that we feel things, and that simultaneously we know that we have the peace that Jesus won on the cross. The peace that means in the end there is perfect justice and perfect victory because Jesus does not give as the world gives. The world gives out of obligation and self-interest. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like this where it's someone's birthday and you kind of know them, um, but you don't know them super well. So you don't want to get them a present because that's like time and you've got to spend money and it's, you know, a bit of effort. Um, but you can't show up empty-handed to a birthday party. So you just root around your house for a bit, pick out something that you don't use, that kind of looks new, you can get away with, wrap it up, job done. I mean, I really hope I'm not the only one that does that. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's the example that I've come up with. Um, but that's not how Jesus gives at all. He doesn't give us the Holy Spirit because... He's done with it, and so, well, he might as well give us the Spirit because, you know, secondhand, why not? 
No, this is a gift given out of love. God loves us unconditionally. And at the start of verse 15, we can see that he does ask something of those who love him. Jesus asks us to keep his commands right at the start. So maybe you found yourself saying something along the lines of, well, I don't need to do what God wants because it doesn't matter because he'll just forgive me anyway. So it doesn't matter what I do. That's fine. But actually, that's not what Jesus has asked of us. He says that he will recognize his people as the ones who love him by the fact that we follow his commands. Isn't that a bit of a challenge for us as individuals and as a church that we should be yeah, loving Jesus through following his commands? And so when we feel like we don't want to do what Jesus wants us to, we can remember that actually that's how we show Jesus that we love him. Because God loves us and it's out of that love that he created us. And then his heart broke to see us walk away and hurt each other. And so again, out of love, he sent his son down to earth to die in our place so that we could be right with him. And now in this story, Jesus knows that he is about to leave again to be with the Father. And again, out of love, Jesus doesn't want to leave us here on earth on our own. Jesus wants to help us. So he promises to send the Spirit into our broken world to help us. And the call on us is to accept it, to accept the help and Those of you that know me will know I'm talking to myself more than anyone when I say that. How many times do we plow on with something without asking for help? How many times do we just keep pushing without asking anyone for help? Too many times I've been struggling with something and someone will say, hey, can I help you out with that? And what do I say? Nah, I'm all right. I'll do it. Why? Why do we do that? Um, Jesus wants us to accept help. He gives us help through the Spirit. Jesus wants to help those that love him. He promises the Spirit to those who love him, to those that keep his commands. He is giving us the Spirit in our broken world to help us. And so often, we don't want it. So that is our challenge. Love God. Keep his commands. Look for where he might be trying to help and let him help. Amen.